Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Okay, good, we're rolling. It's time for announcements here at Keys Vineyard. Uh, hey, coming up this Wednesday is our next One More Youth Meeting. That's for middle schoolers and high schoolers, uh, sixth grade through up. Uh, we have a great time. We study the Bible. We have some worship. Uh, we play some games, and we always order pizza. So uh, if you have kids in that age group or you are in that age group, please join us this Wednesday here at the church, 6.30 p.m. Uh, also, this time of year, can you believe it's October? I can't believe it's October. Uh, we put up our one pumpkin decoration at the house, and uh, that means that Fall Fest is on the way. Our Fall Fest, uh, it's a great community event. We set up our bounce houses. Uh, we invite uh, the community to come join us. We always host a concert, and we give away free candy. It's a great time. That's going to be October 27th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., uh, I would also ask that if you can, bring some candy for that event. It makes a big difference. We always uh, try to bless the kids and our community, and they really appreciate that. This is a, it's a great air condition option uh, for that time of the year. So October 27th, 530, join us for that. Uh, keep downloading the app. Super important that you got that. There's going to be some notes in the message where you'll really uh, benefit from having the app to access the, the flow chart. So whether you're in person or online, get the app, have that ready to go. Those are the announcements I have. With all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Good morning, everybody online. Welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop back in. We've had a great time so far at worship and looking forward to spending some time with you. Then we're starting a brand new series called Kingdom Revealed. And uh, we're going to be hanging out in Genesis chapter 1. So get your Bibles. Easy to find. First page. Get a coffee. Get comfy. Get ready to go. Woo! Good morning, family. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. We are looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you don't know the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss all the kids to their Sunday school classes. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are starting our new series today. And it is chock full of cool, interesting things that I bet you never noticed before. So, yeah, before we get into any of that. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, this morning we are gathered in your house with a spirit of expectation. We can't wait to see what you're going to do in us today to hear what you're going to say to us, to see plans that you are going to put before us. We thank you for how you've been working and stirring things up inside of us through this week, God. We also ask that you would continue to nurture and grow those family character traits that you've planted in us. Papa, we want to be so full of your love that it's just pouring out of us. 
that the fruits of your work are touching each person that we come into contact with all week long, God. So we ask for more, God. Continue to use us to bring lost kids back into your family. You are so, so good to us and we love you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, we pray that your grace may always uphold and encourage us and help us to live for you by doing the next right thing. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. Saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same way I took the cup. So last night of the Passover celebration, cups of place and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which is a cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance or remembrance that we call communion of the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. Says friends gathered this morning, we too can partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Remember how he died and rose again. I want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements communion, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. Says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to start our time of worship now, and I always try to encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices as we praise the Lord here in this place today. We're going to see the words on the screen so we can sing with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. He is holy forever.
eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Things like you do, God, I love you. 
nowhere else to go. Give us wisdom. You know just what to do. It's okay. Now 
You are the same God. You are the same God. You are providing then. You are providing now. You are the same God. You are the same. You move in power then. God move in power now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You are a healer then. You are a healer now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You are the same God You are the same God now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. I need you now. I need you, God. Oh, I'm poor, I'm not naked. I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness. Oh, God, my God, I need you. Oh, God, my God, I need you. How I need you now. How I need you now. Oh, Lord, <laughs> can't nobody 
thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, Miss Claire. <laughs> good morning, boys and girls. I'm so excited. Today, we are going to the Old Testament, and we are going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. Can you say that big word, Deuteronomy? Wow, you guys are so smart. That's really, really good. Yes, so we're in chapter 18. And do you remember Moses? Right? Yeah. So in the Old Testament, Moses, right, led God's people from Egypt and into the promised land. And while they were on that journey, he was a prophet to the people. Do you know what a prophet is? Right? It's someone that gets messages from the Lord for God's people, right? So what happened was that Moses was speak to God. God would speak to Moses. And then Moses would go to the people and tell them, this is what the Lord said, right? And one day, God spoke to Moses. And Moses had a very important message for God's people. And that is found in Deuteronomy 18, chapter 18, verse 15. And it says this, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. 
He said that in the same way that Moses stood before the Lord for, yeah, and spoke, right, for the Israelites, he said this prophet will stand, right, before the Lord for all people, right? And he will tell them God's words. And God said, right, anyone who does not listen to my words, that the prophet speaks, that my prophet speaks, right, will have to answer to me, right? It was very important that. And then God told them to look out. He said, look out, right? Someone may come and pretend that they are a prophet, right? But he says, do not listen to them, right? Anyone that says an untrue message and says this from me, right? They must be stopped. This was very serious, right? And then how would people know if God's prophets were speaking for God, right? So Moses told them, if a message the prophet tells does not come true, God has not spoken. God's words always come true, right? Yes, God's words always come true. What did you know? That God sent prophets to Israel even after Moses died. And they would tell the people good news or bad news. And they told them also about God's promises. The people sometimes listen and other times they did not listen, right? But at just the right time, God sent a prophet greater than Moses, right? Do you know who the prophet is? Jesus. That's right. Jesus. Jesus is the Always the correct answer when you're a kid at church. That's right. Shoot out with Jesus and they'll give you credit even if it's not the right answer. That's right. Miss Alice. Yes, Miss Alice used to say that all the time. She said, the answer to everything is... Jesus. Yeah, very good. So yes, Jesus is the prophet that God had promised, right? He is the one that would tell God's words to his people and invite them to become, be part of the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? So good, right? Good. Okay, so are we ready to tell everyone the Bible verse? We'll all say it together. Repeat after me. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. 1815. The Lord, your God, the Lord your God will raise up for you, up for you a, prophet like me, a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. Excellent work, boys and girls. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I'm hoping while that happens, they're going to help me sing. Got a couple of birthdays. So you guys in good voice today, we're going to sing happy birthday. I heard it was Charlene's birthday. Happy birthday, and, uh, Charlene. There you go. It's also Gunner's birthday. Where's Gunner? And, uh, he's up here somewhere, I think. There he is. Where are you? In All right. the front. So here we go, you guys. What? Where is Sorry, he? am I blocking you? Yeah. Come on up. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Charlene and Gunner. Happy birthday to you. 
Good, good job. All right, Pastor Georgina is going to pray for you, and then we'll send you off to Children's Church. Absolutely. All right, very good, guys. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You ready? Okay, we're going to talk to the Lord, okay? Father in heaven, thank you so much for our kids, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that they're such good listeners, Lord, and that they're here to learn all about you, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that they will know how much you love them, Lord God, and that they can trust every word you say because it's true. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Have fun in children's church. Listen, behave, learn. Still have fun. Enjoy your snacks. One of my favorite things. Not enough room for all the kids. I love it. I love it. Amen. Woo-hoo. Funny, we're listening. So you know that, that last song, they hit that little spontaneous spot, you know? And uh, so I'm there, ain't nobody, right? Yeah, yeah. Do me like Jesus. But, and that's good because that's what they came up with. But I'm, I'm thinking of that song and it keeps thinking Rock of Ages in it. And I'm yeah. going, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Yeah. And the difference between where I would have gone <laughs> and where we right. went. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The reason Let me hide myself in thee. Ain't Some people are getting into it. Never mind. Gonna do me like Jesus. Ain't nobody. Anyway, okay, moving right along. Did I say hello? Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody online. Welcome. That code that just popped up will take you to a page on the website that has a lot of helpful links. One of them is a connect card. Love for you to fill that out if you haven't. Digital, just name, phone number, email address. Please do that. Um, Also, we translate 930 and 11. gets translated into 30 different languages on your phone. And you can read it and hear it on your phone. And uh, there's a link for that. If you follow that link, um, do that. It's very helpful. And uh, also, if you're watching online and you would rather hear it, you can do that as well. Follow that link and get it on. Very cool how all of that works. And there's a listening assistance thing there. The fill-in notes are there. You, you should get those. And also, there's a link to the app. If you don't have our app, get it. And especially if you're watching online, you need to download the chart that I'm going to talk about today uh, because it won't be on your screen at home. All right? It'll be here in the room, but it's, uh, it's not going to be at home. But you can download it. Get that ready. You have plenty of time before I get to the chart. Got to love a flow chart. I got to lo- yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm loving me some charts. Gonna, yeah. Make charts. It's, Ooh, it's colorful, too. It is. I put colors on it just to <laughs> keep people engaged. We pray for our neighbors when we gather. Let's, uh, let's do that right now. Think about a couple of your neighbors and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. All right, we're starting a brand new series today. Kingdom Revealed is what it's called. This is actually in the last series that we just finished, all about the Bible, reading the Bible. Uh, we took eight weeks, and we broke the Bible story into eight sections. Right. And um, we just did a, a week per section. Mm-hmm. And there are a few things that I told you you need to know. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take those eight sections, and we're going to really expand them. Mm-hmm. All right? And... and I have great hopes for this series, so I'm looking forward to doing that with you. Uh, you, you forgot. What did I forget? The yellow. 
Oh, yellow cans in yeah. the back. Thank you. Good job. Well, they're right there, honey. It's... I missed them. <laughs> he has a lot to say, so. I do. Fall festival's coming up. Those cans back there, the nice pretty yellow ones, are for candy. Yes. And if you would, over the next few weeks, please bring candy and put it in those cans, and we will give it away on fall festival. We do. We give it. It's amazing how much candy. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's a big yeah. event. And uh, so candy. And then I always have to tell, so if you buy a bag of candy, because you'll see it, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden you've, you've got into it, and you've had a few pieces, and then you feel bad about bringing it, don't. Just make sure they're individually wrapped That's and right. bring us what's left over and then buy a second bag for dipping into the first bag. There you go. Um, well, I gave you a good piece of candy this week. Oh, yeah. So I don't... I because don't, Candy's okay. I don't eat much candy. It's the salty and sweet. Bit, but she, she said, you got to taste this. and Oh, fine. I put a potato chip on a bite of Snicker. It was so good. It was good. I'm sorry. She That's left me yeah. a tiny little morsel. It was good. <laughs> these, are the, these are the culinary this delights. This life, Yes. Moving right along. Well, some jokes, because I want to start. Bringing. Okay, go. Uh, we're going to be looking back in history today. Yes. And uh, I read about an archaeologist recently who discovered the largest lower leg bone of a dinosaur ever recorded. Really? Apparently, it was quite the shindig. Ta-da! Shindig. They'll have to go home yep. and think about shindig. Yeah, well, it's... I bet that didn't translate either, so it's funny. I'm looking at somebody listening <laughs> She's to looking at you like, yeah. what? <laughs> Uh, I hear there's a mm-hmm. new medicine that you can get that cures skepticism. Really? I'm I, not buying it. There you go. I doubt it. The main function of yeah. the little toe, the pinky toe on your foot, is to make sure that all the furniture in your house is in place. Yep, that, that hurts just saying that joke, and doesn't I, it? I, brought that, I, I said that this week because a couple of weeks ago we were in Legoland. Yes, with we the were. Kids. We were in a bed and breakfast. No, an Airbnb. Yeah. They're all the same. Just whatever. Just go with me. And uh, it had a, the, the bed in the room had one of those horrible frames that sticks out further than the mattress. And then it was covered with the bedspread. And I didn't know it until my pinky toe yeah. found it. <sighs> Whack! Yeah. And oh, it hurt so bad. It was a day we had to walk through the park. And I'm like, uh, yes. I've got grandkids there in the house, so I don't say anything that right. I wanted to say. He did. And, uh, it would have been much more colorful. But Alice came in, fortunately, and she laughed at me. And so, <laughs> What's the faces? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Please pray for us and lead us in the reading of the word. Give it my best shot. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Indeed, Father, you are the same God that set the stars in the sky and put the earth on his access, Lord, and cause our heart to beat and the breath in our body. It's all you. And Lord, we are so grateful because we know that every good and perfect gift is from your hand. And bless this day and this reading of the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Genesis, chapter 1, beginning at 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You all can be seated. Good job. 
Okay. So, in that last series, we looked at Kingdom Revealed, we called it that section, first two chapters in Genesis. And what we said was, there's some main points that I really want you to remember. It was about creation, heaven and earth, and we talked about a cosmic temple. Um, we talked about the Elohim, we'll get back to them, the little E guys, and um, that we're created as imagers for God. And those are the main things. So now I want to go back and we're going to look at those things and a lot of other things that happen as we look at Genesis. And really, uh, my hope, my hope is that in this next period of time, as we sort of work through this together, these eight sections, that it will really cement what we started in that last series and, and open the Bible to you in ways that maybe have, you've never seen before. And the, the real reason behind all of that is that the, the Bible is under a serious attack. I mean, it always has been, but culturally now, and actually there are places in the world where it used to be revered, where now it's like you can't say it. They consider it hate speech. You can't talk about it. And it's shocking to see what's happened. And, and part of it, as I've said, that uh, as believers, a lot of us haven't really read the Bible. It's just something that hasn't happened. Not picking, not a judgment. It's just a a reality. We read parts of it. We haven't figured out how the whole story works. And we haven't seen the majesty of the scriptures and and the the intelligence, uh, the genius of God in the way that he presented it. And so I want to sort of break it down in ways that it begins to open those things up and the connections that are happening throughout the Bible. And that the other thing that we talked about is... uh, there's hard things in the Bible. We looked at that last week. But, but Jesus said hard things, and yet people seem to be able to receive them from Jesus. And I, I think it's because he loves so well. And that somewhere along the line, we, we've, we've got to relearn how to love like Jesus did and, and still be able to speak truth and mercy and justice and all those things into the world. And that part of that is, is knowing the Word of God. There's something about being drawn into the Scripture that helps us to realize how much God loves us changes us so that we not only love God more, but we also love others more. And that that's, that's just a paramount thing in our lives right now, is that we need to get that. And I believe it all gets tied back to really understanding the Word of God and what it means, and that we haven't always, and so we need to. So as we dig into Genesis 1, uh, I just want to remind you of a couple things that we learned in our last series. So Genesis 1 was written by Moses after the Exodus. For, for a lot of people, they, they read this and they're trying to tie it and how did it even get written in the beginning and what was going on. So God and Moses hung out a lot. You can read about that if you look up on the mountains and everything. And God tells Moses and gives him the history of his people. And Moses writes it down in the first five books of the Bible. And Genesis is the first of those books. So it's inspired by God, given through Moses, written around 1400 B.C. at the time of, right after the Exodus. Okay? So hold that in your memory. And uh, they would have, people at that time had some ideas of how things worked, and they had some ideas of what temples were, because they'd been in Egypt for a long time, and and that's going to play into what happens in the Bible as we look at it. So I could say that's a youth, but probably it's just a giant rat. (laughs) I just want to give him something to think about. So, when you read the text, don't try and impose your current worldview onto the ancient text. It's not going to work. 
They had a cosmology, uh, and that's an understanding of the universe. We have a cosmology, and we look at the universe differently than they did, but theirs is valid, and we need to understand what they were thinking about so we understand what's being written. The moment you try and treat the Bible like a science book or a textbook, it becomes less than it should be, and will often you just it will either cause arguments or you won't want to read it. So it's none of those things. Uh, uh, it's divinely inspired literature from several thousand years ago. You need to understand that as we dig in. And what you need to know is that what this story conveys—not a science book, not a textbook—it's always conveying God's heart and God's desire. Expressed here in this first chapter perfectly is that God wants to live on this planet with his human family, with his spiritual family. He wants us all to get along and to enjoy one another and to experience an amazing, wonderful, glorious life throughout time. The most of the Bible is going to be us totally messing that up and him fixing it until we get to the last two chapters where everything ultimately comes back to Genesis chapter one. It's fascinating. That, that the beginning is the ending is the beginning. And, and so it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. That's what's going on. Now that I've taken that much time in intro, I got to dig in. So I made a chart. I love a chart. Hope you guys like a chart too. And uh, this is available on the app. You can print it. I, in fact, homework-wise, I encourage you to either print it and download it on your phone. Uh, next week, when you come back in, you'll need to show me this on your phone, this chart, in order to get in. Well, you know that's not true, but it's too small that way to really be effective, but it's very helpful at home when you're reading Genesis 1. Uh, so we're going to change it up a little bit and work through it together, okay? So this is the same chart, only the scriptures are gone, but the addresses are still there. Quickly about Bible addresses, so the Genesis 1-1. When the scroll was written, it didn't include those little headings. When the Bible was written, he didn't, you know, Moses didn't set down Genesis 1, colon 1. He didn't do that. They were added much later by monks so that they could talk about what was on the scrolls together because it would have been difficult. Think about a scroll and they're saying, well, look at the ninth scroll and unroll it 16 times and then like three quarters down the page is what I want to talk about. So they devised a system, which works pretty well for the most part. Although right, right here in the beginning, there's a little mess up because Genesis 1 should really end in where Genesis 2 verse 3 is. That's one thought. And, and so they, they miss it on the first page, but then they get it right most of the time, all right? So, but that just happens. So be aware of that. So we're going to go through Genesis 2, 3 today on our chart. But Genesis 1, 1, most of you know Genesis 1, 1 because you've read that far. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is a heading for what's about to come. There's like a pause right there. Don't know how long the pause was, but it's a pause. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in this, he's really talking uh, about, it's a, it's a cosmological statement in, in that we have discussed this. We'll look at this more. The kingdom and earth there, are, heavens and the earth are kind of describing two realms, a divine realm and a earthly realm. And the divine realm is where all of the spiritual beings, that would be where their address was. And the earthly realm is where human beings have their address, if you would. But God's heart has always been that they connected, and that's what's going to happen in this picture of a temple. He's connecting those realms in what we're going to see in Genesis 1 as he builds a cosmic temple. It goes on. Verse uh, 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. That's a problem. 
And darkness was over the surface of the deep. Sort of the same problem being reiterated. The Spirit of God was there hovering over the waters. That's good news, all right? So that's what we get. So it's a picture of pre-creation disorder. That's what's happening in that verse. And what you really need to know is it's formless and empty. Everybody still with me? Formless and empty. Okay. God's going to do something here to give the earth form and fill it. And that's what's really happening, and that's what you need to, you need to catch on to. So in Genesis 1, verses 3 through 5, God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. Look, as I read, look for things where God says, sees it, and says, well, that's good. And uh, he uh, separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Also, as you read, look for evenings and mornings, because it's a transition to something else happening. So, people look at this. And they go, okay, that's light. Now, some people will say automatically Christians don't read the Bible because there's light on day one, but there's no sun, day, uh, sun, moon, and stars until day four. And they're so silly, they've missed that. Well, I'm going to show you why that, that happens in a minute. But for now, what we have is God's glorious light, which is the best light that there is. And you'll read it again at the end of the book in Revelation 22.5. That's all we need. And there's no more night in Revelation 22.5. And we don't need the sun anymore because God's light is just everywhere. And that's the light that fills this space. And in effect, what God is doing here, so we have the realm. So I don't want to use that word again. We have the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. Let's just call these a domain. Uh, he's going to bring order to things with these domains. And what he actually creates on day one, if you haven't seen it, is time. Why? It looks like light. Well, no. What he does is, there's light, but he's bringing something called, it's day and night, sort of going on in there, right? Night and day. And that's where we get time from. And and we're glad about that. We sort of expect that to happen, but God orders that and keeps that going, that it's night and then it's day, and then it's night and then it's day. That's a gift from God. Because before that, there was no time. Now, that's one of those things I need you to think about. And so this, some point this week, when you've got that chart, sit down. Okay, I've got to think about that. Get yourself toffee or a tea or whatever it is you do. And uh, within reason. And uh, <laughs> like beginning of the day discussion. Um, talk to God about that. What time? Because sometimes people will say to me, well, what was happening before the beginning? That's it. As kids will always ask me, they say, well, what about before that? Well, listen, God has always been is sort of my standard answer. We know that. But before day one, there wasn't a measurement of time. What? So if, if, if whatever it was, you can't measure it day and night because it didn't exist. Time begins on day one. Just kind of chew on that for a while and see what you think. And uh, it's, it's important that you understand in the story. That's what happens. Well, let's see what happens next. We have this new domain that happens on day two. God said, uh, let there be a vault. This is Genesis 1, 6 between the waters to separate water from water. And so God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. And God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. A lot of people get lost here. What? A vault and a... What's the picture? Cosmology at the time, their understanding of the universe, what it was all water. And, and basically what God does is He comes in and He separates the waters, and He makes the waters above and the waters below. And, and the waters below, that's, that would be seas, and the waters above, above what? Well, he, in effect, this is where a sky comes in. And their thought was it was a big dome. 
And, and that's a great picture. It works. We, and that the waters above that dome, those will be the waters that you read about like in Revelation 4 around the throne. Okay? That there's waters above that dome. That's the picture and that's what's going on in day two. But what you need to see from is that what God is creating is, is now, because he's bringing order to something that had no order. He's bringing form to something without form. Now we have skies and seas on day two, which is pretty important. Day three is a big day. And God said... Verse 9, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so, and God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters that he already had separated and he made them seas, okay? And God saw it was good. So on day three, we get land. And there's a bonus. Let me read this to you. Uh, verse 11. I got to put my glasses on, but I found out that I can pull these down like this and now everybody takes me serious. <laughs> I'm that guy. Oh, look at him. You can take him serious. Look at his glasses. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> We're not. Then God said, let the land, this is still day three, produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. And the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw it was good. There it is. And there was evening and there was morning. The third day. So we got land and now we got plants. Kind of a nice little bonus there. Things are happening. And now we have form to what was once formless. We've got time. I can take these off now. You still take me serious, right? And we have skies and seas. We have land and we have land. There's plants. There was a bonus on third day. Day four gets a little different. And here's where... See, I just think if you connect this, this sets you up for... If you can get Genesis... Here's my... If you... Promise. Genesis 1. If you get Genesis 1, you'll get the plot line for the whole thing. The entire book is tied in, understanding what's going on here and beginning to see... Wow, look at that. So what happens on day four? Uh, God said, let me read it from here again because it's small back on my projector. God said, let there be lights in the vault, remember now, of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to make uh, mark sacred times and, and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So what do we have on day four? We have sun, moon, and stars. Here's what you need to see is that, remember on day one we had that domain of time? Guess what sun, moon, and stars do? Is they fill that domain perfectly. It was needed. There was God's light, but now there's this that we're going to have. So we're going to have sun, moon, and stars. And so he, there was formless. He's made form. It was empty. Now he's starting to fill it. Is this going to happen again? Well, let's see. Uh, day 5, verse 20. Well, I went too fast. Here we go. And God said, Let the waters teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. And so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that move uh, about in it according to their kinds. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw it was good. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters in the seas. And let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning 
the fifth day. So on the fifth day, we get birds and fish, which perfectly fill skies and seas. What a coincidence. Well, let's see if that continues. How about it? Day six. What happens on day six? Well, first thing we're going to get, let's see. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so, and God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw it was good. So we got animals. And just like day three, now there's a bonus. This is a really good bonus. And actually, God will go now on this bonus from good to very good. It's important that you see it. Here it is. God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. How cool is that? And, and, and so humans are there on the scene. And then, so cool about God on, on day three, the bonus there was plants because everything is going to need food. And that's what he says about the plants. And God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it that will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. It's very good now because his imagers have arrived. And this is God's heart. He, he wants people to partner with. That's just something that he, he wants to be in relationship with us. And so now he sees everything. And it goes from good to very good. And there's so many neat connections that, that will develop. Because I had, I had this thought. So uh, on day three, you know, when plants came and trees were there, and you read, and it said that trees were to be fruitful. They were to bear fruit, right? And, and trees bear good fruit sometimes, and hopefully most of the time, but they also bad fruit comes from trees. And then it's fascinating to me that people are also supposed to be fruitful. We're, we're supposed to bear fruit. And that sometimes we bear good fruit and sometimes not so good, bad fruit. And that's pretty fascinating. I thought, hmm, well, I wonder if, if in the story somewhere, is there, is there some sort of encounter uh, between a person and a tree involving fruit where everything goes really bad? <gasps> but later on in the story, is there another encounter between a person and a tree where everything gets set back right? A tree would be the cross and Jesus. And you think, no, no, that all of this is embedded here in the, it's all here in the story. It's all here. And, and you'll see the writers of the entire Bible constantly going back to this text and drawing it in to the story. So we get to Genesis 2-1, thus the heavens and the earth, the cosmic temple is completed in all its vast array. So instead of formless and empty, now it's formed and filled. Formed and filled is really important. So when, when God makes man, he fills man, he breathes into him life, right? And we lose all that goodness at the fall. But then when you come back and you know Jesus, what are you filled with? 
Holy Spirit, formed and filled. These things are running throughout the text. But we got that happening in verse uh, 1 and then verse 2 and 3. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Too often that gets read like it was God needed a nap because of what happened. It's not. Now that the, the temple, the cosmic temple is created, and the, on day six, the image was put in the temple, and all, their understanding of temple would be that when one of those little Elohim built a temple, it would be built in stages, the last thing that they would do is they would make an image of whatever that false god was and put it in the temple. And then they considered that then the presence of that false deity was in the temple. God doesn't make statues. God makes us his image. And now we're in this temple that he's created. And what happens next is the presence of God rests on the completed temple. That's the picture. That's what's happening. It's not a day off. It's a connection. And, and there's some cool things that you need to know about seven that's happening there. Throughout the Bible, seven is a pretty big deal about completeness. But just in the fascinating way this is written. Like, take for example, it doesn't say, and then there was morning and there was evening, the seventh day. Do you know why? This is what's still, this is the ideal. This is where we're still at, God's ideal. It's messed up right now. We're going back to it though. But it doesn't close that day. This is what God, this is set up and this is what God wants us to do. And I, I can't read Hebrew, but I can look at stuff that's going on. And so the writers, because people sometimes will try and say the Bible writers weren't literate. I'm like, oh, please. Genesis 1-1 is seven Hebrew words. Genesis 1-2 is two sets of seven Hebrew words. Genesis 2-1 is seven Hebrew words. Genesis 2-2 is seven Hebrew words. Genesis 2-3 is seven Hebrew words. There were seven very goods that were going on in the seven days of creation, and God is constantly drawing us back to this picture, and he wants us to know it. It's so important. Lastly, because I want you to do this this week, but it's 1035. Because for the last hundred years or so, culturally, we've tried to make this a Bible, a science book or a textbook. Now we've got people that get mad at each other in the way they understand that first chapter. So there's lots of different theories about what was going on. Here's what I want to tell you. I, it's, I'm, I'm not challenging your theories on creation. In fact, you, you should spend enough time that you begin to develop them. But it, and I don't want to say it doesn't matter. But it doesn't impact the story. So if you believe that creation is six literal days, six 24-hour periods, it's a common belief. Good. It works in the story. You, you can believe that. So I'm fine with that. That's good, right? You might believe that uh, 6,000 years is another one, that each day, because a, a day is like 1,000 years, this happened over 6,000 years. You could believe in like gap theories that allow for all sorts of things to happen. And I would say that's all good too. Here's, here's why it's so important that you have this framework. Because those things won't divide us. Because when people say, well, it's this, I can just go, okay. But this is a story. Make sure you know the story. And then we'll proceed. Because everything proceeds from a grasp on the story. Okay? And that's the ideal. What God has there. And so we can hang in that. And that's what it should do. It should just... It should just amaze us at His goodness. And how He puts things together. And how He wants us to relate to Him in that story. So... Homework, print this chart, have it with you, put it on your phone. Please read Genesis chapter 1 with that chart out and see what connections you can make. 
and see how it works and see what's going on. We're going to do a whole lot more with Genesis 1 and 2 in the days ahead, trust me. There's a lot. I have to narrow, I have to, I have to start weeding out because there's so much stuff I want to talk about. But I, I want to keep you interested. So, read Genesis 1. We'll come back and we'll do this again next week. Amen? Ministry team. Those that are you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over that wall here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure that you get it. But as we say whenever we gather, listen, this is the, there's no better life or story than his story. And he invites you into it. He's done everything that needed to happen for you to be a part. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never done it, please, please do it now. Don't let anything get in your way. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And then in that response, he fills you again with Holy Spirit. You're formed. You need to be filled if you don't know Jesus. Make it today. Best decision you'll ever make. Amen. I was going to say, get formed and filled. (laughs) And you said it. Amen. Good stuff. Just a couple things. During worship, Angie had had a word while she was singing saying, it's okay, it's okay. And I really feel like the Lord wants to bring some peace to some people that might be in a difficult situation in your life. I don't know if it's at work or at home, but if you just need that peace, let someone pray with you today. And then I, I also felt like there was somebody really searching the Lord about what to do. I, I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's what you've been saying. And the Lord wants to give you his wisdom. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths and you're doing that. But go get some prayer for wisdom today. Should that be anyone here? Amen. Amen. Or online. <laughs> Good word. Yes. So I messed this up. There we go. Sometimes I go too bad. Thank you, church for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness to giving, tithing, offering. There's some ways to do that up on the screen. We appreciate you doing that. Yay. I got stuff, Mommy. Look. Yay. That's so cute. All right. We're almost done here. We got to do doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. Those doors are open. Oh, it's rainy. Be careful that it's not slick out there. Prayer's over there if you need it. Be safe. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Bye-bye. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, Hope you have a great day. And uh, get that chart and read Genesis 1 and think about it. Just think about it. So neat stuff. Amen. And may the peace of God be with you all week long. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye.